Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of Beats of the Machine. I'm your host, Jasmine, and today we have Adelaide. Hello, Adelaide. Hi, Jasmine. Today we're going to be talking about Doctor Who Season 3. Now, this is yet another season that they crunched in so much. I'm crazily excited about this season. So, let's start off by talking about the Doctor's new outfit. Like, And I think this season was when... Well, each Doctor has a unique look, but I think this one, they really honed his look, and this became his final look, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I agree. I think so. I like it. <laughs> I like the coat. I like the pinstripes. I liked it all. I agree. This is... This is the 10th Doctor. This is where you finally get to see his personality. He's done with the transition. He's in his element. He's got who he is down now. And now he has the outfit to round all of that out. And then the suit with the sneakers. Yeah, I was fits. living. Like. <laughs> I love this Doctor. I love that he found who he was. And wasn't trying to figure out. Am I blah blah blah. He was grounded, and I love that. So, I think we left off in the last episode talking about the Donna Noble. And I like Donna. Donna was a very strong character. And this first episode where we meet Donna was a very cruel and angry episode for the Doctor. Which is part of the reason why I still say that he was going through the stages of grief with Rose and not love. Well, you can still have grief over a loss. Right, but this was anger. And it was like he wanted to make others suffer and feel his pain versus I'm sad, I'm going to eat some cookie dough and cry in the corner. And uh, sure, he's a time lord. Maybe they have a different way of coping. But I don't think murder is really that way. I was going to say he's a guy. He has a different way of coping. But male Time Lord probably involves that. Probably <laughs> just combines into murder of other species. So, <laughs> But this episode, we really got to see why the Doctor needed someone by his side. Yeah, and even really Donna. Mm-hmm, even Donna said, you need someone to hold you back. Because that, that was horrible. That really was. And that's probably what made her not go. Like, she doesn't want that responsibility. Mm. So, in this episode one, did you like Donna? I love Donna. (laughs) And, well, let's start with that. Did you like Donna and why? Yes, I love Donna. Um, I love that the doctor's normally the one running around and doing crazy things and dragging people with him. This time, it was Donna. It was her wedding day, and goddammit, she was going to crack that whip and make him do exactly what she needed him to do right then and there. And she immediately put him on a leash and got him running around. And I liked that, because the doctor needs that sometimes. And she was the first person who wasn't in love with him. That is She was clearly important. not immediately smitten, and she was the one who rejected him. Like, no! I don't want this life. <laughs> I don't need this. Your your life is insane. Why would I want to do this? <laughs> and like she I really really think after seeing him how he was there and how she had to be the one to pull him back from how just the dark edge that he was on. Um it wasn't even an edge. He'd, he'd gone over the edge at that point. Mm-hmm. But she pulled him back from 
how much worse it really could have been. And I really don't think she wanted that responsibility. When she says that's how your life always is and you need somebody to pull you back, she's saying, I don't want to be the person that pulls you back. Definitely. And I, like I said, that's a lot like for any average human being to do. Like, keeping a child alive is a lot. Just trying to, like, keep him from destroying other planets would have oh. to be a, a huge undertaking. Yeah, as much as everybody says it's the doctor and his companion, and he's, you know, he's taking his companion out and taking the little pet for walks, you know, the companion has their pet psychopath on a leash that they have to pull in every now and then. And that's that's a lot of responsibility. And, I don't know. Really, the companion's an emotional support pet. Like, yo... I'm going crazy. All right, here I am. It's okay. You're okay. <laughs> Stop the murder. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah. So I liked Donna too. I thought she was amazing. She was strong and she was fierce and <laughs> she was having none of his shit. Exactly. Um, and like we said, it was a very angry episode, especially at the end. Like, as he killed that entire species, and the one was like, your people destroyed my my species, but, like, they didn't, like, devour half the world, but we're not talking about that. The time one um, did a lot of killing. Mm-hmm. We also saw in the first episode of this series, the first official episode, that he met Martha. I liked Martha, but I feel like she was, she was, she is, out of all of them, was the most puppy dog, because she sat with him, and followed him around, and anything that he did was golden, and I didn't like that portrayal of her. I agree. I I liked the concept a lot, where you have someone you have someone who calls themselves the doctor because he feels like he's healing the world and the worlds that he goes to and he's saving lives that's his that's the whole point of the doctor well then you have somebody who's almost a doctor i'm just going to henceforth refer to her as a doctor but you have someone who's a medical student she's a doctor she's she's also in this position and i really feel like they could have executed that better where you have the literal medical student and then the wannabe doctor that's there and um, I just, I liked that idea. I didn't like how it, she was instantly smitten with him. Just the moment he was there, she was like, yeah, I like him. I'm going to follow this. And that was that was too much. But I liked the idea of her a lot. Not only that, you could immediately see the doctor was broken. Oh, like, it was and she so was, broken. <laughs> she was a rebound at best, which was really sad. Because you already knew, like, you could see it. It wasn't, it wasn't a slow burn. Like, maybe she found herself falling in love with him and didn't know what it was. She was immediately in love with him. And he was damaged. It was a scene that was, like, already really dumb. But then she was like, wow, he kisses good. I, I want to be with that. <laughs> and just, I don't think it was love. I think it was admiration and lust. See, I don't know. I think she would be the type to do love at first sight. And I think that was my problem with her because she fell in love with him at first sight because he was, it was Aladdin. He was a nice guy who could show you the world. 
not just the world, the universe. I was literally just <laughs> thinking it's once upon a time. And then you brought up Aladdin. <laughs> but like, that's who he is. And that's fine and all, but you don't instantly fall in love with that. A lesson to all girls if some guy shows up and says, hey, you want to come into this big blue box that travels the world? Don't. <laughs> um, But I, like I said, I liked her character. I liked her. I didn't like the character development they gave her. Yeah, I really agree there. I I mean, at the... Can I jump ahead to where she yeah. does leave? Sure. Um, I really liked how she left and how she... Like, the whole... Her whole character arc, where she her main plot point is that she's the rebound, but she's in love with him anyway. Um, the whole plot point, like that, kind of came. It ended spectacularly with the way she left. She just turns and says, "You know, a friend of mine was in this situation where one this she really liked this guy. She was head over heels for him, but he didn't look twice at her. He liked her enough, but he didn't love her, and he never would. And I told her to get out. So this is me getting out." And I loved that because finally she has some self-awareness to get out. And that was, that was a good resolution for her as a, as a companion. Yeah. I think this was honestly the opposite of the um, Mickey situation. And that's why they wrote this. Because Mickey was such an awful character who just followed this unrequited love all around. I feel so bad for Mickey. (laughs) And like, they realized, you know what? Maybe we could write that into the doctor, but she'll be strong enough to get out. And I'll appreciate that she was strong enough to not stick around. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm I'm really glad that she, like, that scene came up and I was like, yes, this is why you're one of my favorite companions. Because you had the sense to get out. Her and Donna, the ones that, the ones that reject the doctor are, I guess, my favorites. Mm, I, well, we'll get to Donna in another season. To be fair, I don't remember the rest of Donna, but that <laughs> initial one, yes. So... Let's talk about the destruction of the Sonic Screwdriver. And we kind of talked a little bit about it, but this was the point where they started redoing the screwdriver for every doctor. Because this was already season three. And he had had the same screwdriver for all of his time. So did you like that um, feature? I did, and I still do. I like that each one gets their own unique screwdriver. Each one has their own unique outfit choice. It's, you know, the screwdriver, I, I hate to go back to the Golden Compass comparisons again, but the screwdriver is, if you've read the series, listeners out there, um, each one has a, little, has a daemon that follows them around, or demon, however you pronounce it. I read it first when I was seven, so, you know, I was dumb. But each one has this... Um, it, it represents their it's spirit. It's a physical and their soul. embodiment of their yeah. I saw yeah, the movie. it's a it's a physical <laughs> form of their soul, and the mm-hmm. the screwdriver is almost that for the character, and I really like how that kind of comes through. Mm-hmm. I, I would have to agree. I really enjoyed that the destruction, and then he's like, "Oh, well, here's my new screwdriver. Got a replacement." Like, <laughs> and it's just, it's. It's a point, but it's not, like, a major event. Like, because you would think he would have to go through hoops and, like, Harry Potter, his wand type of thing. (laughs) Yeah, really. (laughs) You mean Ron Weasley, his wand? Yes. But he didn't, and it was just cool. And he was like, yeah, this is the thing that I can do, whatever. It's mine now. This is the one. (laughs) I just, yeah, I just like that each one represents them. They have their own outfit, they have their own screwdriver. 
If it's and let's talk about the master. Now we saw two versions of master in this season. We saw Derek Jacoby and John Sim. And of course we spent much more time with John Sim. But I honestly think that Derek Jacoby did the character justice for the little bit of time that we saw him. I don't think he was as bad or as delightfully bad as John Sim, though. What are your thoughts? I liked him. I especially liked him as the human character. And I especially like that he still, because we see that pocket watch come up and, or fob watch, however you want to call it. And um, we still see that, we see that come up with him. And that's the main plot point of, oh, he's, he's also a time Lord. Oh my God. But I really liked his, I really liked his human character. And then the actor does such a good job swapping from this, this professor that is trying so hard to help people to this horrible psychopath that does not want to help people. I also enjoyed the whole we're the last of our kind, we have to stay together ending where he's like, I refuse. <laughs> it's not funny, it's awful. But it's such a in that moment to have that much hatred for another person that instead of spending eternity with them, you would rather die just to (laughs) just to have the last laugh. Like, (laughs) I think that's what cemented my love for Master. Oh, I can't say that. I just... (laughs) I I don't know. Okay, so when I saw that and when I was watching this episode, sorry, this is kind of off topic there um one of the first things i thought is wow the time lords are a very aggressive species and i have to wonder how much of the violence that they went through is caused by them by just being the aggressive species that they are like humans are aggressive we're we're, we conquer everything i feel like time lords take that up a couple notches well i think that's what happens when you're the smartest person in the room (laughs) like and i say that with like complete humility because we like they are the smartest thing that they've come across and the next smartest species that they've come across was the Daleks and they are that's what ultimately destroyed them two smart species clashing so I think that's the interesting thing to me yeah I really I guess when you have the um on that on that note, when you're the last of your species of such an aggressive species and you meet the only other option that's out there, the only other one that is there, fighting to continue to be the smartest in the room makes a lot of sense when you've been doing that. When that's ingrained into your species, in, ingrained into your very, you know, evolution, mm-hmm. I can see that almost being like, it, it's like a... Um, it's like two males fighting for a mate, only there's no mate for them to compete over. And they can regenerate into females anyway, so maybe you shouldn't be <laughs> fighting and wait for one of you to regenerate. Well, no, but even still, even if they regenerate into a female, they still have that component ingrained in themselves. Because they always want to be the smartest in the world. Especially the master. Oh, God. That's why he called himself the master. Mm-hmm. Because it was... <laughs> 
the dynamic of who he was was interesting. Specifically, that he said, if I can't have this world, we will both watch it burn on yeah. a pile of rubble. Just... <sighs> There's only two of you, and you have the potential for one to regenerate into a female. Maybe you should stop that if you want to continue the species and stop whining <laughs> about it, but... Well, Fine. no, you couldn't continue the species. the biggest like, brain in the room. Swing that around. Like, genetically, of course you could, but at what point, your kid has to have someone to mate with. Yeah, I know. That's that's how you get massively inbred. But, you know, maybe that'll take their their intelligence exactly. down a couple notches. <laughs> Unless you're, like, you're breeding with him. Oh, I love that we're saying breeding. <laughs> <laughs> But unless you, like, have a relationship with an- another species. Yeah, throw some human DNA in there. That's not that bad. Mm-hmm. I mean, the doctor loves humans. True, but the master doesn't. No. So. <laughs> um, anyway, did you like the story arc of the master? Yes, I did. I liked it a lot. I liked that it it referenced something we saw a couple episodes earlier. I wish that that had been way at the beginning of the season. Instead of, like, two episodes before. But it was still... I still like having that hint early on. I do agree. I think that would have been amazing if it was in, like, the first one or two episodes. Probably not starting off that early, but, like, yeah. Get the first episode out of the way so we know, hey, Martha's the new the new companion. Hey, she's in love with the Doctor. Hey, here's... And now we have this episode where we're going to kind of emphasize that she's in love with the Doctor. And we're going to throw in this teeny tiny little plot point that's going to be major later. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. I enjoyed, like, the relationship and the constant fighting. And even when he miniaturized the doctor and put him in a cage to taunt him. I feel bad for <laughs> laughing at that because he was in just, like, this really ornate little bird cage. And mm. <laughs> I tried not to find that funny, but I couldn't help it. I love the master. And then anything else you want to say about Matt, the master? Um, he has a great, great playlist. All right, there. <laughs> I'm good. So, of course, we had to talk about Torchwood. And they appeared again this season. And ultimately, Martha joins them. Were you surprised by this turn of events? Not really. I mean, I could say that I was, but... At the same time, it makes a lot of sense for characters that have either been abandoned by the Doctor or that abandon the Doctor to eventually go on and be part of Torchwood because they can't go back to living a normal life. They have to go back and do something that's somewhat related to that. I don't know, because now that you know what goes bump underneath the bed, would you still want to every day go fight it? I mean, that's the question in Supernatural, isn't it? Once you get into that life, and now that you know, you have to... You can't, like, turn your back on it. It will always come back to haunt you. Well, at some point, we're going to do a Supernatural podcast, so let's not get too much into Supernatural. (laughs) It's the same... uh, Same sort of premise, I guess. (laughs) Um, and let's see. Oh, one little snippet that I really enjoyed was that we find out Jack is the face of Bo. I love and, that, but I have so many questions. Right. I would love to see a Face of Bo spinoff. Like, how he got to the Face of Bo. Like, what happened to his body? Why is only his face left? Like Exactly. How did he... 
I, I mean, I get that he's aging, but how did he get to human that is immortal, or mostly human that is immortal, um, to floating head in a vat? How did that happen? That That's a very big step. Well, not just that. His body is also immortal. Like, why didn't... Why is it just a head? So if you were to separate his head, and neither the body nor the head can die, um, does that mean he's got a regenerated head on his exactly. body running around somewhere? Right. Like, what is going on with that? There's so many questions that that adds, like, that creates. <laughs> I just... I get that it's supposed to be the brain in the jar because he doesn't age, but at the same time, or he does age. He doesn't die, though. Die. Mm-hmm. So how does... I just don't understand how continuing to age reaches that point. Because you can't die of illness. You can't die of old age. You can't die from, like, cancer, which would destroy the body. I suppose you could have, like, terrible arthritis, but even then, he seems to not have injury. He just has... He just ages. Right. Like, and he doesn't seem to be... Even after he dies, like, even in his stories, he's like, yeah, I've died. Like, somebody was keeping him up, like, and killing him repeatedly. Which was awful. Don't get me wrong. (laughs) But his body was still attached. They cut off limbs. They did a lot of stuff to him in his series. So, it was just weird to me that it's just that he... Anyway, back to the main point. (laughs) Did you like that reveal? Yes. I actually really liked how it was revealed, how it was so casually stated. He was like, oh yeah, they just, they called me the face of Bo, and the doctor like, freaks out. Yeah, and so does Martha. And then it's just, like, such a casual thing. And it's so interesting that the face of Bo never mentions, by the way, I remember you guys. And he has that, yeah, that actually really bugs me that he never says anything because it's Jack. Just because of who he is or was in life. I get that millions upon millions of years will change that a little bit, but still. Hmm. And let's go into specific episodes. So the first episode we have to talk about is The Family of Blood. Okay. So if you have not seen Doctor Who in a very long time, this this season had some creepy episodes. Watch with the lights on, is what we're saying. <laughs> and with like a teddy bear. <laughs> the sun make sure the the windows are open you're getting nice streams of sun maybe someone else is in the house who's with you you don't want them like creeping around downstairs <laughs> you know when people are home and there's nothing that's gonna go bump and make you jump 40 feet in the air or trip over something <laughs> you fright so the family of blood is about a family who attacks a school and <sighs> this episode I didn't like I liked it. The family was amazing. But I didn't like how Martha had to pretend she wasn't in love with the doctor and was basically his maid. Yeah, I hated that. It was the, the two-part episode, the one right before it, had the had the line. Because they're in, what was it, like 19... 1913. 1913. I knew it was like right before the war, but I wasn't sure what date specifically. Um... Yeah, they're in 1913, and so they have that one, like, racist comment just to, like, sort of set the scene, and then they just sort of drop it after that. 
And I don't know. I really, really, really wanted him. I, she says something about I'd like to put my bucket over his head or hit him in the face of the bucket. And I'm like, yes, let's do that, please. Can we Can we do that? But fine. I just, I didn't like how they made her the maid there. Okay. It's realistic, so, I understand, but I don't like it. Again, I don't know. I can only speak as an American. I don't know how the British people were during that, that is, time. That is true. I will also say that we're tainted by the American lens. So, <laughs> so again, it was... Eh. But the question is, it could have been worse. Like, they could have focused... Like, I've seen a lot of movies that about time travel where it's a focal point. Like Yeah, the, she does the, mention it in, like, the first episode, too. Right. So I appreciate that it was not a major plot point and we didn't have to spend two episodes with racist interactions happening with her. Yeah, that would have been very tiring very fast. <laughs> On the other hand, I still wanted him to be punched, so... I, I agree. Um, but this episode really showed how horrible the doctor could be, the family of blood, because the family was awful, but what he did to them... That was terrifying. ...was equal. So, like, what, one of the sisters, um, the, the youngest sister, he put her in the mirror, right? Oh, God. I Okay, I don't scare easily from horror stuff. I play Bloodborne. I, I it, That kind of stuff really doesn't bother me. Blink is one of my favorite episodes. Um, the Empty Child is one of my favorite episodes. Those kind of, like, horror elements, they, they don't really bother me. Uh, mirror stuff gets me, though. I hate mirror stuff. And that was just like, I have to go turn on all the lights right now. And it was about 2 in the morning for me, so... Oh, fun fact. I have a mirror, or I used to before I watched this episode, a mirror that faced my bed. And as I slept, it was just a mirror right there. And it was completely fine for the majority of my life. Like, I'll say two-ish years that I didn't see Doctor Who. The minute that I saw I had to take that mirror down, and it is now gone. (laughs) Mine, I have... I have a mirror, full-length mirror that faces the bed, and it's um, it's from it's actually attached to the closet, and it pivots, so I can't make it go away. But I can turn it all the way around, so it's facing the inside of the closet. And then I think you turned one of them into a scarecrow or something. Oh God! All the scarecrows in there were actually horrifying too. Like he did, so, like the fam, he split them apart and did a bunch of different stuff to them. I don't even remember exactly what. Do you, Adelaide? Um, I remember he did the scarecrow. Um, he threw one into like the sun. So the, there was the two parents and the two kids, and I don't remember what he did to the um to the dad, but I know he threw the mother into like the sun or like a star or something, and um, which was still pretty horrifying. Um, the daughter he trapped in the mirror, which is probably the worst one for me, and then the scarecrow that you mentioned was the the sun. And I don't remember what he did to the mom, though. But, or the, the dad. But, yeah, like, those were some... They, they were fitting punishments, but they were also traumatizing. Like, um, <laughs> and, like, that episode alone is, like, we're probably focusing on the wrong thing for that episode, because you've got the whole he's loving he, the human that he became is in love with the another woman mm-hmm. already and the whole facing mortality part of that 
and how that person has to die, they become the doctor, but the... I don't know, and I'm gonna skip right past that after having said that and say, the guy that played the, the possessed son, the... Oh, God, he was really good because he was absolutely terrifying to me the entire time. I had I had it on my phone, like, six inches from my face, and every time he came on, my, my, my phone got, like, 20 feet away from me, as far as my arms could reach. He was, like, as far away from me as I could make it go. <laughs> um, but, yeah, like you said, it was a lot of different things that we could have focused on this episode, but that family was super creepy, and I think that was the most important thing. Also, we're assuming that you watched this season, so, yeah. Anything else you want to talk about about the family of blood, Ellie? Uh, I'm good. Awesome. So, let's go on to Blink. Okay. This is another episode that terrified me. And I cannot have any small statues in my home anymore. I have small... a shirt that says don't blink on it with the doctor with the with the angels <laughs> on it. So, I I don't know. I love this stuff. I I'm I'm all over statues coming to life, reanimated creepy things. The... I'm good on that front. Like, I used to want some nice lions, maybe a little kid fountain with the water. No, no, not anymore. Thanks for ruining that, Doctor Who. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know, the little kid fountains always creep me out anyway, but I'll take the lions. <laughs> but this episode was so good. I loved the whole time travel element where the woman at the end realizes how he got everything. I just, this is one of my favorite episodes, and I really, really hate to say that, because all of my favorite episodes happen to be the one that Moffat wrote, and I have issues with Moffat when he's the showrunner, but he writes episodes very well, and I will give him that. Just, this one, for not having much of the Doctor in it, is so good. It's so good. It just has... It has the perfect little horror elements added in. It has the perfect little, just enough of the Doctor to still be Doctor Who. And it's kind of almost a break from the main season that we have. But it's still really good. And it's still Doctor Who, almost without being Doctor Who. Agreed. It's great. And it's just, when I first initially saw it, I did not expect statues to be that scary. So as a writer, that was an amazing feat. Anything else that you want to talk about about Blink, Elliot? Great. I don't think so. Other than the, I don't know, the videos were a very good addition. The uh, Easter eggs that they put on the DVDs. Mm-hmm. That was, it was very clever. The whole thing was very well done. And the last episode, the last of the Time Lords, which we basically kind of talked about. <laughs> um, But... Uh, when they finally come back to the 21st century, they find out that mas- the master has taken over and basically enslaved everyone. So, I was fine with that. Like, it, I'm not surprised. Like, that's basically what he wanted to do. And we've kind of touched on this. Also, Martha spent a year going around the world, like, telling people about the doctor and telling the story, blah, blah, blah. Um, anything else that you want to talk about about the last of the Time Lords? Um, I think the one thing that bothered me about the episode is when it, when they solve that problem and it rewinds that whole year and only they will remember. I, I feel like that's such a cop-out, but I understand why they did that. I just, I, the one thing that bothers me about time travel stuff is when they do stuff like that. 
Well, I mean, in all honesty, enough things attacked this planet that they shouldn't be surprised that they're being attacked anymore. <laughs> I feel like at some point you gotta realize, why is it all in London right now? What's going on? <laughs> I mean, I would leave. I would be very... Like, this is just like in any movie where they are staying right in the center of where the, that's being attacked. I'm good on this attack front. I think I'm gonna go to some small town where no one gets attacked. I hear Switzerland is often neutral. Maybe we should go there. <laughs> Um, oh, also, one more thing, which I'm sure everyone knows, but um, Dawn was originally supposed to be a one-off character. Yes. And the producers liked her so much, they wrote her into the story. And I appreciated that. Yeah, me too. <laughs> I, I like Donna a lot, just because she she has the strength to stick up, like, stand up against the Doctor when necessary, and just... She's not smitten with him. That's not why she travels with him. She just, and she can she can rein him in better than the others do. I think. Mm-hmm. Anything else that you want to talk about in the season? Um, I think I'm good on those. Okay. Well, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Geeks of the Machine. I was your host Jasmine, and we had Adelaide. Goodbye, guys. And. And we're going to say goodbye, but first you can tweet me at OP Jasmine. You can tweet the show at Real OP Tweets. You can tweet Adelaide at... Uh, OP Addy. Was that my OP. cue or... Yes. Okay, good. You cut out. <laughs> and um, you can also check out the website, overpowerentertainment.com. We have all our social media platforms on there. Please feel free to engage, like, comment, subscribe etc etc and let us know if we missed anything in the comments thanks guys bye bye